Welcome to the Renovating Riches Podcast. Entrepreneurs from Houston teaching you everything they know about entrepreneurship and real estate with the best guests in the real estate industry. Subscribe today on all major platforms and gear up for another episode of Renovating Riches. Welcome to Renovating Riches Radio again with Mr. Marcos Jacober, who's, uh, you know, we're just following up on the last episode. And anyways, let's pick it, let's pick it right where we left it. Um, you were talking about, you see, this is, uh, this is what I love about it. This is unscripted. This is, we're, we're just here chatting and he just gave Ma- us a, a brainstorming. Yeah. Right? A brainstorming. He just gave us a great idea on how to find motivated sellers that are, that are already lost their properties. Yes. Um, so, which um, it's now it, it's more technical than that. So he was just explaining that from county to county is different, from state to state is going to be different. Um, so there is a lot more moving parts when it comes to redeeming or buying the redemption or buying the property itself. Um, for that, you need to hit him up, and he'll probably be able to uh, you know guide you in the right direction. Uh, you still have your uh, tax deeds and tax liens course out there, right? Yes. Uh, so if you guys want more information, I, I posted a tons of free content o- online. Okay. So you can go to marcusjacober.com mm-hmm. or you can look at a, a, a Instagram, Deed Hunter, under Deed Hunter. Okay. Right? Deed Hunter, that's my Instagram uh, handle. Th- that's a pretty good name. I like Deed that Hunter. name. Yeah. yeah. So I have a new book that's coming out now. Oh, yeah? We're going to call it Deed Hunters. So basically, the the premises of the book, I'm gonna share a lot of information, a lot of deals that I have done. You know, I have bought properties for $31. My best case scenario is, uh, my best case study is a property that I picked up for $6,342.79 in Montgomery County, and it's worth $1.7 million now. So those are gonna be in the book. And (laughs) (laughs) why are you shaking your head, man? (laughs) And uh, what what, uh, what I'm actually gonna do, I'm gonna, interview everybody that that took my program and, and took this to the next level and with that we're gonna create every single one of the students uh, became a deed hunter basically and they're gonna write one chapter of the book with the story how they started with the best case and all that so uh, just look it up by the end of the year did hunter well the, bu- the beauty of what market knows is that it's, it's not as easy as wholesaling right so wholesaling is find a motivated seller with a house Put them on the contract, flip the contract, and you make a profit. There is a lot more work to be done when it comes to tax deeds and tax liens. I understand. Uh, so this is not for the lazy, number one. Yes. Uh, this is not for the getting rich quick, you know, uh, next week. Maybe you, you you can strike gold, right, if yeah. you find the right the right. Well, deal. I never thought I was going to buy a property that's worth 1.7 for $6,000. <laughs> But as you play the game, you find some treasure. So what I like about what I do is it's a combination of Indiana Jones, you know, CSI, and Monopoly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so if you ever come across to a county list, don't write a check until you go through the A-step process so you can eliminate 98% of the risk. Right? You have a better chance playing Rush Roulette then go into the find the list because they're online they're all over the place and writing a check right please don't do that we did have uh when we were in rosenberg a lady that showed up one time bought a house at the at the, at the courthouse uh you uh, remember that one i don't remember the details but i remember when she came 
And I was like, oh my what God, you did do? what? Yeah, so she, she thought she bought a tax deed or a tax lien or whatever. Uh, and she paid a ton of money. And then um, somehow she was getting foreclosed on it. But I don't know. I can't remember, I can't the, remember details. the details. But we, we dug into it. And I think we called you and Maybe, and maybe you, she bought a HOA foreclosure. That's the same thing happened in one guy. So I had a guy that he called me up and said, hey, I want to I go through your course. So I explained to him, gave the price, and gave him uh, you know, a bunch of information in one hour. And he thought he could do this, right? So five months later, he called me up. I said, Marcos, you're full of crap. You know, I bought this property at auction in, in Palm Beach County, and they, they stole my money. I was like, I'm going to sue the county. So wait, 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 what happened? So I bought this townhouse for $20,000. I put another 20,000 into to remodel it, to fix it. I put it in the market for 120, and 15 days out of the market, I got a, a you know a letter from Bank of America saying that I'm trying to sell a property that's not mine. And I gave the county $20,000. Okay, let's back up for a second. So we went over. It turns down that <coughs> he when he went to the website, instead of being part of the tax deed auction which is palm beach is online he was part of the hoa auction and he bought a hoa rights and not a tax deed rights so when you buy a tax deed the tax deed auction because it's the county who's foreclosing on it and american law is basically english common law the king and the queen has to get paid first we don't have queen and king here but we have Counties. county everything that's below the county gets wiped out so the mortgage gets wiped out HOA gets wiped out. Everything else gets wiped out. When you buy a HOA lien, everything remains. Everything remains, even the mortgage and even the taxes. So he didn't know that. Yeah. And he thought he was doing one thing, but turns down it was another thing. All right. So let, let's recap a little bit, and you know, because we've been all over the place. Um, what does your team for Airbnb look like? Because I know you have a team back in Europe, you know, maybe virtual assistants yeah. or... So they, so let, let me take a step back. So the story about Airbnb is I, I decided to get into the business model. I launched my first one. Two, weeks, two, two months later, I launched my second one. And three weeks later, after I launched my second one, I opened two properties at the same time. Then I crashed and burned. Okay. Because it was more work that I could handle. Right. Right. Messages 24 uh, 7, coordinating cleaning. I didn't have no experience. And then I was like, no, nah, this is a good money. I'm cashing flowing $1,000 to $1,500 per property. But I want a passive income. Yeah. Means passive income means something that I have to work less than four hours a week to make that money. Mm -hmm. right. If people think that passive income, you do nothing, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. No, no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. You gotta do some work. <laughs> so, uh, true story. I took a couple of Adderalls. Do you, you remember your 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 college times? No, I took I took a couple of. Adderalls. I know what Adderall is, yeah, but I, took, I don't. I, I never I never taken that. I took a couple of Adderalls. Uh, what are those? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they get you pretty freaking hyped up. Yeah, they get you hyped up, oh. and it is a it's a to get to get you focused. Right, yeah. if you have ADDD, whatever they call ADHD, yeah, yeah so it, it, it keeps you focused. So I took a couple of those, and I locked myself up in my office for forty-eight hours, and I figured this out. I start asking myself the, the hard questions: How can I scale this? How can I only work? You know, how how can I do this ninety-five percent hands-off? Right. 
So then how can I do the check-in and check-out without being there? How can I systematize the manuals? How can I systematize, you know, replacing in all the toiletries, you know, uh, toiletries and, and all this stuff? So I start asking all those questions, and I come up with a methodology, right? So it's eight steps, and uh, I start applying that. So let me test it. So I test it, and I was able to manage 25 Airbnbs. I'm very busy myself. I teach text needs and text needs in four different countries, right? Three different languages. I'm all over doing content, social media, traveling, and all that. I was able to manage 25 Airbnbs myself. It only took seven hours a week of my time. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, what? how my team looks like with 60 properties, I have three VAs. They work 24-7 shifts mm -hmm. and I have a one Airbnb manager so you really have six VAs because it's three and three no no no, there's no, shift. no, no. three each one doing eight hours oh each one, one doing eight, eight hours. hours okay gotcha right? and I have a fourth one that kind of covers you know weekends and In all between, that yeah uh, then I have one Airbnb manager and her role is to manage the VAs make sure the VAs do all the stuff that they need to, to do, mm -hmm. and also to locate new properties. So right now, I'm launching four to five, four to seven Airbnbs every month, new properties, right? Okay. And my Airbnb manager, she and the times that she's not managing the VAs, she's actually uh, launching new units. Okay. Locating the properties and all that. And then we start the VAs, you know, babe steps, right? to teach them just to answer the message first. Then after that, we teach them how to, co to coordinate and manage the cleaning crews and maintenance. And now we get them to a, to a point that they're so good in what they're doing, because uh, we keep me finding ways to systematize that. Then now on the spare time, they're uh, actually searching for new properties. So now I'm able to do this Airbnb stuff 100% hands off. That's I'm good. Not even, I have Airbnbs right now that's been 12 months, we've been making money, I didn't even know where they're at. Hmm. Right, so on Friday when I get my report, I will find out the Airbnbs that we launched last week, because I didn't even know where they're at. Good. That's how you know I was able to systematize it. That's good. And on tax deeds and tax liens, is, is it different, a different structure, different platform, is it just you? How? No, so it's the same thing. So we did a we did a really big project in Detroit, right? We've been working in Detroit uh, for the past a year and a half, and uh, it was funny because uh, it was a big challenge for me, especially on, on the level of the game that I'm that I'm doing. So there was five thousand properties that's going to auction, and we had three weeks to prepare, and I never done that many due diligence in five thousand properties. So I looked at my friend of mine. He's my He's my right arm. I cannot even put a spreadsheet together. So he's an engineer. He's he he doesn't know how to create the process. He doesn't know what goes into the process. I tell him how to do it, and he organizes it, right? So as I look at Guy, I said, Guy, let's do this. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. So we basically built the plane as the plane was taking off. So we went to Detroit. We've never been there. Uh, and we were able to research 5,000 properties, including pictures and everything, in three weeks. So from 5,000 properties, we'd, uh, we narrowed down to 800, from 800 to 400, 400 to 200, and we bought, you know, 100 some properties out of the 200, and it was a, v it was a big lear learning curve. So uh, for that project specifically, we, we hire 15 f photographers, uh, we also hire 15 VAs, and then we systematize, we chop down 
each step of the eight due diligence step, and each VA was doing one step. So and you, then you separated step. on teams. So, so we sections. did we did like assembly line kind of thing, and we we're able to move it. We got the rhythm, uh, and 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 it's beautiful. So my team for tax needs and tax deeds. Uh, it varies depending on the amount of, of capital that I have available to play in the next auction. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Good. So, um, so what's next for you? What what you know? Where, where do you go from here? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. So my goal for two thousand twenty, I want to make a million dollars. Okay. Right. So uh, that's net. Uh, that's net. not yeah because yeah. you've already got the revenue. So. Yes. So we we, we want to make a million dollar net just in the tax lien tax deed side. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, for that, we are we are working. We are on the works to open up a fund, an investment fund. Okay. So to me, it's a big challenge. I never thought I could have run a fund before. So we got some good contacts. So we're working on that and see how that's going to look like. Because the o the operational side, we already have that figured out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just need the cash. Yeah, yeah. but now we want to do a different structure. Which is so we have business more. keeps evolving, basically. Yes, the business keeps evolving and. Uh, I want to hit at least, uh, my goal for Airbnb in the next 24 months is to hit $5 million in revenue. In Airbnb? Uh, just, just an Airbnb. I okay. Want. Yeah, five, $5 million in revenue in the next 24 months. It, that's, that's because I, I saw in 2017, before I started an Airbnb business, I saw a, a, a post from a guy in London. He did $15 million oh, in wow. Airbnb. Well, that's why it's fire. But London is very expensive too, right? So maybe the the rates are higher, or you know. Yeah. So, but but it turned out I did some research. He had like seven hundred eighty five listings in London. Holy Jesus! Where, that's where a is lot. it? Where's it gonna? I mean, is Airbnb gonna keep going and going and going and never stop growing? And I mean, is yeah, so, there, so isn't there a point where? It's going to be saturated with Airbnbs in a city or a, a, a even town. the even the hotels are getting an Airbnb. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's happening in that space. Okay, so clearly we're not launching enough properties to sustain the Airbnb growth. Airbnb by twenty twenty two they want to make ten billion dollars. They they did two billion less last year. Okay, they want they want to get to so ten they, billion. They see they want to get to ten five billion. times what they have yes, today. Yeah, so. Goldman Sachs ran, ran a, a survey five months ago, and they figured it out that everybody that used, 85% of people that use Airbnb for the first time will most likely use Airbnb again. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So if you, I, I don't know if you ever use Airbnb or not, yes, but if you have. use Airbnb, you have the right experience, you, you never go back to a hotel. Because a hotel, it doesn't matter how, how luxurious it is, it's always the same experience. It's a bad, a TV on the wall and a bathroom, right? But I, but I now, breakfast. <laughs> yes. So now hotels, now hotels, they're getting creative. They're coming up with lofts and one bedroom apartments because they know that's what the travelers want, right? I don't like to stay in the hotels because I hate to bring dirty laundry back home, and I travel a lot, mm -hmm. right? I like to cook my own food, and if you travel with a family, even if you have a free breakfast. You're going to spend a lot of money on dinner and lunch. Where if you have an Airbnb, it's a secondary home, you can cook your own stuff, right? So it's a different experience. That's where it's going. So Airbnb right now has some projects. In Miami, right in front of the American Airlines Arena, they're building a building there. It's, uh, I think it's a 35-story high. Airbnb owns half of the building. 
-hmm. and you can buy the other half for $400,000 and launch your own Airbnb. To me, that's stupid. Because first of all, if I have $400,000, I can rent 40 properties and make 40 times the cash flow that mm -hmm. I have in one unit. And why in the world I'm gonna have an Airbnb in a building that's 35 floors of an Airbnb and I'm competing with the Airbnb. Yeah, whoever, whoever is buying that <laughs> unit is because they have excess cash, they want to bank on appreciation. Yes. It doesn't make sense yeah. to me as the right. model, right? right? As far as the saturation, what's going to happen is here's how the Airbnb market's going to level itself up. But okay, let's take a step back. Okay. What's going to be different from that Airbnb building than the Hilton Hotel next door? Well, the hotels, they're gonna have to, uh, to, uh, to evolve. They have they, to catch up. And, and they are already evolving. I don't know how fast they're gonna do it, but they're already evolving, right? So if you think about it, back in the days, you had Booking, Xperia, and all those travel websites, they only dealing with hotels. So guess what? Now, they're listing your own homes. No, That's but one you're, thing. But you're, I, I so, don't know if you understood my question. But the other aspect is this. Hotels are already dedicating entire floors to listing on Airbnb. I haven't been to listings that I booked on an Airbnb. When I got there, it's a Marriott. No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. They, I, no, I don't know if you understood my question. Let's say down there in Miami, there's the new Airbnb building, okay. right? And I'm pretty sure next to it or very close, there's a Marriott hotel. Yes. What is the difference? Me as a consumer, what's the difference the between... They are, they are experience. And the experience. Hotel one has a maid that does no, no, my bed no. every day and yeah, the other one doesn't. Only, yeah, but here's the thing, though. It's a different experience. How? Have, have you been to Disney World? Yes. You have the high-touch and you have the high-tech. What is the difference between Universal and Disney? Disney is a high-touch. You go there, it plays with your emotions. It's a different experience. Mm -hmm. Universal is a high-tech. You don't have the same emotions on Universal that you see at Disney. I see growing men crying when they see Mickey. I don't see anybody crying at Universal when they see Hulk, right? Mm -hmm. So the difference is the experience. So on the Marriott right now, today, let's take the business model yeah, yeah, today. today. You go to a Marriott, you have a concierge. Yes. You go to your own room, it's 130 square feet. You have a bed, a TV on the wall, and a bathroom. Yes. That's it. That's your experience. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to stay inside at a hotel for 24 hours? You go crazy. Well, we did in Vegas. Right? It's, <laughs> no, no, no. But okay, I mean, it's different, no, right? It's different, right? But it's like it, that the experience. Versus across the street, you have, I'll tell you what, Woodlands. One Lakes Edge, Hughes Landing. There's a high luxury, uh, high rise there. I know. I had five Airbnbs there, mm -hmm. right? I rent one bedroom apartment, 850 square feet. Downstairs, you have the gym, you have amazing pool, we have Starbucks coffee machine, you have you know kayaks that you can take in the Woodlands mm -hmm. uh, you know, lake yeah. and all that. And across the street, that's Embassy Suite. Embassy Suites offering a room there, 130 square feet for 170 bucks. Mm -hmm. You can stay in a one bedroom apartment for $130 a night. That feels like your secondary home because there's a living room, there's a TV, that, you know what I mean? There's a stove that you can cook your own food. Mm -hmm. You can actually do your own laundry, right? Mm -hmm. And there's Embassy Suite that charges 100 from $170 to $350 For a better toilet and a shower. That's it. It's a That's different a experience. I stay I in hotels when I'm traveling 
That's the only qu condition. Sometimes I stay in hotels if I'm going to spend only one night mm -hmm. at that town. Because once I added up the, the cleaning fees and all this stuff, it doesn't make sense for me to stay in an Airbnb than in a one hotel. Night. Okay. But if I travel more than one day, or if I travel with my family, you bet I'm going to stay in an Airbnb because it's a better experience and makes economical sense. Yeah, so I'm going to LA next week, right? But the only reason I'm staying at the hotel is because the conference is at the hotel, and really I don't feel like commuting back and forth to the Airbnb. Especially when I know the conference starts at 8 o'clock in the morning and it ends at 9 p.m. So I just want to wake up and go downstairs and I'm there. But I get what you're saying because once you get to your room, it's like four walls and... And you, and you basically, you want to go to a room to sleep. Yeah, I just want to go to sleep. That's it. That's it. Right? But if you... But, but, but remember, so think people about Airbnb. It's just about traveling for, for tourism. You're not... A lot of people work from home now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are entrepreneurs. They, they, they do, you know, homework and all that stuff. And, you know, it's a better experience. Now, I remember when we went to Austin for the Formula yeah, One race, right? So we But we were a group. You cannot rent. Like, if it's five people or six people traveling, you cannot go to the Marriott and say, give me six consecutive uh, rooms and have that experience of being together. And we're never going to be together because everybody's going to be separated. Exactly. I, I get I get it. You know, when, but when I'm traveling solo, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but maybe I like were, coming to the hotel and the bed is because done. Because you're only going to sleep. And it's clean. You're, and exactly. You're and only I, going to sleep. And I don't want to go well, but guess what? solo to go to a place and cook. I want to go to the restaurants and see what I'm saying? No, to it, me, it makes sense when I'm traveling solo. To me, it makes sense to go well, to a hotel. Because of guys like you, that the hotels hasn't gone bankrupt yet. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Because of guys like you, the hotel hasn't gone bankrupt yet. Okay. But let me ask a question. Let's say you're going to go at the Woodlands, and you have a 800 square feet apartment, one bedroom, mm -hmm. for $130 a night. Mm -hmm. And you have right next door, Embassy Suite, for $190 a night. Mm -hmm. Which one would you pick? Well, I'll take the whole, the apartment all day long. <laughs> Even yeah. if you're never going to make your bed and you're going to come back, the bed is going to be the same, right? No, I'll take the apartment. Plus That's all, what I'm saying. You have the same you, the same restaurants around it, you know. You're still going to, whatever you're going, you're either going to Uber or Lyft or take a taxi or whatnot to the next destination. So I, I see the value in the Airbnb. Um, no, of course there's a value. You know, Not, it, it wouldn't grow, at, but as a consumer... I don't know. Maybe and I'm that's different. why the hotels right now they're they're taking tire floors and changing the layout of the rooms. You go to hotels right now, they might gonna have a small living room, everything separate. They might gonna have a two, you know. I, I, I'll give you another example. So I know on the Airbnb while I'm there, not a single stranger is gonna go in that house. That's another thing too. Okay, in the hotel. There's going to be cleaning crews growing in and out. So you always run the chance of they're stealing. I don't know. I travel with watches. So, you know, I got to make sure they're locked up or something. In the Airbnb, nobody's going to mess with that because there's nobody coming in unless I call for help. Yes. Hey, something happened. I need some people here, right? So even from a security point of view, um, just simple things as leaving your laptop. You know, you leave your laptop out at the hotel. It can walk away. And then you have to prove that you had the laptop there in order for them to some sort of compensate you. So even from a from a 
protecting Se- security. security. I'd rather stay at an Airbnb than stay at a hotel. And I, and I have a lot of friends that travel, and I ask everybody this question. Once they go through Airbnb, if it is, if it is a good experience, right, would you stay in Airbnb instead of a hotel? Everybody, nine out of 10 says, when I travel, I start my searching on Airbnb first. Hotel is secondary. Yeah, and I can, I've can. i seen hotels coming down on pricing uh, thanks they have to Airbnb. To. They have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have no other choice. They have to. That's, that's a change. Like, think about this. Seven years ago, you land in L.A. and you need to go someplace. What would you do? Take a cab. Take a cab. Mm-hmm. You go to L.A. now, cab doesn't even compute in your head anymore. Right. Your Uber or Lyft. And you say, I'm going to get an Uber, even though you're going to call Lyft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you call. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm going to Uber, but you're calling Lyft. Yeah, U- Uber, right? Uber, Uber became a verb. <laughs> became a verb. So you didn't even th- why you don't think about cabs anymore? They're still there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the cab is even cheaper than, than, than the Uber ride. But it's so embedded in your pattern, in your, in your nerve system, that you didn't even conceive and think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen with Airbnb. If the hotels don't up the game and, and offer a better price and a better experience, people will not even think about hotels anymore. They're going to think, I'm going to get an Airbnb. So in your opinion, it's still not late to get into the Airbnb game? No, it's never late. And I'll tell you why. You still, watch this. 85% of Airbnb hosts only have three properties because they haven't figured out the system to scale. And they're still coming to the marketplace as an Airbnb. We have you know, 2 million, two million uh, listings, 2.5 million listings on Airbnb right, right now. Every, a lot of people are coming to Airbnb, 85% of people are coming to Airbnb with the mindset that I just want to make an extra money. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have this secondary home that's there. It's not making any money. It's cost me money. I'm going to Airbnb that. Yeah, like the one in and, <laughs> and they take And they take everything that doesn't fit in their home and throw in that Airbnb right. and, and hope it can fly. Used to be that, you know, when Airbnb started, that's what it used to be. You would not care about the quality or the experience because you're there because of the price. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Airbnb because it's cheaper than a hotel, and I don't care that the bed is falling off or... Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 not care. It's that, cheap. That's how Airbnb started. Now, it's all about experience. When I go to a market and there's already 40 Airbnbs there, do you, you think I care? I'll tell you why I don't care. Because my goal is not even to figure out the prices. If, if the numbers works, my next goal is to see what kind of product has been offered on that market. Yeah. What kind of experience. And as long as I provide the best experience for the same price, my Airbnb is going to get booked first. So what you means is if it's a property that has a bike score of seven and above, you bet my Airbnb is going to offer you a bicycle. Mm-hmm. If everybody else is internet speed is a 20 because they want to save money, my speed is going to be a hundred. Mm-hmm. If everybody has a 32-inch TV, mine's going to have 50. And mine's going to provide something that nobody's going to find in the other Airbnbs because when you search it, I want to look for the number one, for, for the 20% of people 
that's why airplanes has first class. Yeah, you're applying the the, the basic simple uh, principle of you're doing what others are not willing to do in order to get what you want. That's it. So oh. once I get my my, I can only book that plane. That's for the 30 that's days. the golden nugget for today. So uh, it, man, you better be taking notes down because right. Marcos is just dropping knowledge here. So let's say if I go to the Woodlands and the Woodlands has forty Airbnbs and let's say that has a thousand reservations that's being booked in the Woodlands market right now, mm -hmm. between all those forty Airbnbs, which means all the forty Airbnbs are are competing for a thousand reservations. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. When I open up an, another Airbnb, I'm not creating more i'm not creating a new market share i'm competing for the same thousand reservations exactly my goal is how can i get the first 30 nights to myself and, and then and let the you rest. guys and let you guys decide it figure it out that now you're gonna have to drop the price to compete against him because you already guys offer a lousy you know experience or whatever does that make sense yeah that's why if i go to a place that has 40 airbnbs that's the first indication i gotta be there because there's a demand if it wasn't a demand, it wouldn't be 40, it wouldn't be five. Mm -hmm. And I'm not scared. I'm not going to say. What about places that don't have a bunch of Airbnbs? Well, or, that or don't have any. Or don't have any. Well, that when you do, when you apply the Burger King effect, which is every time there is a McDonald's, you notice there's a, a Burger King across the street. Mm -hmm. That's because McDonald's not in a real estate, uh, not in a burger business, McDonald's in a real estate business, mm -hmm. right? And McDonald's outspend Burger King five times in marketing. So every time a McDonald's opens a store, a Burger King goes right across the street, mm -hmm. right? So in our space, the McDonald's is the hotels. As long as there's a hotel in that area and you open the Airbnb of four to five miles from that hotel, you're always gonna get booked. I give an example. So I had uh, early on when I first started testing my methodology, right? So I, I apply myself, then I got a group of people, taught them the methodology and, and, and test the results, right? So I had this uh, this uh, realtor from North Car North Carolina. She she lived 45 minutes outside. Uh, what is the Charlotte? She mm -hmm. lived 45 minutes in Charlotte. She's a realtor. She had a house that she picked up on a subject to or something, and she was trying to rent the house for $1,700 and was in the market for six months, in the middle of nowhere, nothing around. So she she took my course and said, Marcos, I'm going to try this house because I already have it. So she did it. And it shocked me and shocked her even more because she knew the market better than I did. That in the first month, she did $2,300 on Airbnb. And the second month, $3,700. Wow. So she was getting almost two and a half times the rent. And she was probably the only one there. And she was in the middle of nowhere and she was probably the only one there. Take notes down, guys. Marcos, thank you so much, man, for coming in, brother. Uh, we appreciate man, times, you. you always, times go by so uh, fast. You though. always blow my mind, Marcos. Yeah, yeah. Marcos is the real deal, guys. So uh, if if you are watching or, or listening to this episode, make sure you connect with him, MarcosJakeover.com. Uh, or did Hunter on Instagram. Did Hunter on Instagram. Um, you know, he's definitely got a ton of value when it comes to tax deeds, tax, tax liens, and Irby the boss. Um, and if you have any questions, find him on Facebook. Uh, look at his uh, RV. He's actually traveling all over the country uh, on, on his RV, buying houses in every other county out yeah, there. If you see my RV, stop me. I want to give you a hug. Yeah. And take, <laughs> take pictures and say, hey, man, I saw you on the Renovating Riches Radio podcast. Anyways, don't forget to hit uh, share, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. All right.